Are you amazed when people drive their vehicles for over 250,000 miles? How often should you change your engine oil? What techniques can improve your mileage? Would an expensive fuel injection cleaning improve your engine performance? This is Car Guy with Brett Beechler of Beechler's Vehicle Care and Repair. Find out how to substantially reduce your cost per mile and extend the longevity of your vehicles. Welcome to Car Guy with Brett Beechler on PeoriaLife.com. Hey, Central Illinois. Welcome back to the Car Guy. My name is Greg McCoy, the co-host. I'm here with the Car Guy himself, Brett Beechler, Beechler's Vehicle Care and Repair. How are you doing, Brett? Good morning, Greg. I'm doing fantastic. Good. Well, today I think we're going to talk about the process of buying a used car, or as some people say, pre-owned. Pre-owned. Is there a difference between pre-owned and used? No, just the terminology. Sounds better pre-owned. So there's no difference of grade or, or no. quality no. or price or Mm-mm. anything like that? No. All right. Well, what's the way to start out if you're going to buy a used car? So the the way to start out, and I've seen people start not in this way, and it becomes an emotional decision-making process, and it can get really dangerous when it becomes emotional. So I always, always encourage folks to do your homework. You know, find out exactly what you want. You know, I've always had – I've had – Many, many people come to me and say, hey, Brad, I'm going to buy a used car. What do I do? I said, well, okay, what do you want? And some people don't even know what they want. So you got to figure out SUV, midsize car, sedan, uh, full-size sedan, truck, you know, you name it, crossover vehicle. You've got to determine what your needs are at that point. So the first thing I always say to folks is, hey, you know, go on Google, do a review online. Um, You know, say if you want to go into an SUV world, you know, go research the domestics, go research the Asian vehicles, find out what size you want, how many people do you have. Um, the, the best angle of attack on the first step is to actually go online and, and see what people are saying about these cars. Um, there's some really valuable information out there. There's some invaluable information online. We all know that. Uh, but I always encourage folks to go online and, and get a, start getting a feel without having to go drive around on used car lots uh, first step. So... Uh, the second one is read consumer magazines. One of the biggest ones we are really taunt is um, consumer reports. Um, it's subscription-based, of course. You've got to pay for it. Uh, but by the time you're able to read some things and glean some information off of cars, used vehicles, uh, I believe it's well worth the investment. It's not overly expensive. I don't know exactly how much it is. We refer to consumer reports often when it comes to objective service items on vehicles as to whether or not we are going to provide those services because uh, this this organization is uh, technically nonprofit. Uh, they have no vested interest in terms of whether they deem something good or bad. Uh, same with vehicles. They're just out there testing vehicles and watching repair uh, processes and how much cars cost to repair and maintain. Uh, it's a really sound board. I mean, it's going to take some time to do it, but I think it's going to save you some money and headaches in the long run. So you mentioned Consumer Reports magazine is a subscription-based magazine. Mm-hmm. You can't even go online and get information through that. that however, however that's correct. <clears throat> don't forget the library. Don't forget the library. Most libraries have Consumer Reports. Yes, as well as other types of magazines like that. So a lot of people forget that. A lot of people it seems like a lot of people don't go to the library anymore. I so, love it. So that's just a 
Just a thought. You don't have to mm-hmm. go out and, and subscribe to Consumer Reports magazine. You can mm-hmm. go to your library. Mm-hmm. Of course, you've got to have a library card. Yes, which is simple to get. Um, the next one I talk about often is um, I probably have had this website come out of my mouth probably three, 4,000 times. But uh, there are many sources like this, but one of them is Kelly Blue Book, and it's kbb.com. Um, the interesting part of this is it gives you more than just value. There's information on the vehicles themselves. But I've had people often come to me and say, hey, how much is my car worth? I don't have a clue. I'm not a used car guy. I got a friend of mine up in uh, Grand, uh, Grand Haven, Michigan. He's a used car guy. I could call him up and say, hey, I got a 2006 Chevy Impala with 120,000 miles on it. Here are the options. What's it worth? And, and he spits it out. But that's his business. That's what he does every day. Uh, most people don't do that every day. So Kelly Blue Book will give you a range of what the car is worth, whether it is a private party selling it to you or a dealership selling it to you, what they believe based on all the numbers that are calculated in their system, the vehicle should be worth. So it gives people a really good starting point uh, in terms of the value of the vehicle. It's my, it's my go-to every time. Are there other venues out there that provide the service? Yes, there are. Um, Kelly Blue Book is the one that I know best. I've used. It's simple to use, uh, but I always encourage folks to go on Kelly Blue Book and start looking at values of vehicles, and wrap your head around what you really want. Um, you know, in the used car world, so it's a valuable, valuable in, uh, insight onto vehicles. So, so the next step: um, have people just drive around, go look in used car lots, look around, see the colors they're looking at, see the options they're looking at. Um, you know, I'm kind of a color guy on, on vehicles, you know, the dark colors are, are great, but they're hard to keep clean. Um, they absorb a lot of, uh, heat in the summertime, you know, the bigger vehicles, the vans, I don't quite know why people get the, you know, the black vans and things like that. Cause they're, they're hard to keep cool in the summer with the air conditioning systems. Um, it's just a fact of science. So, but if that's a color you like, then get it by all means. Um, but I, I tend to, uh, steer toward the lighter colors, the champagne colors, the gold colors, the you know the lighter gray colors. I, I just think overall they're easier to keep clean on themselves. Black cars are beautiful when they're clean, but they are not beautiful when they're dirty. Um, you can see a lot of uh, uh, grit and debris on the on the vehicle. So drive around the used lots, uh, get a feel for the cars, um, see what you like, see what you don't like. Um, you know, careful not to get too emotionally attached to vehicles. Um, it's it's quite easy to do in our society. Uh, but, I, but I always encourage folks to drive around and, and check the cars out on, on the lots. So, In other words, phys- go physically look at some cars. Mm-hmm. Physically look at some cars. You get your brain going, gets a, the process of what you're looking at going. Because the worst thing to do is in situations is somebody's got a car, and this happens, this is life. Uh, somebody's got a car that breaks down and they need a car yesterday. Um, the quick, hasty decisions all typically end up not where you want them because you don't get them checked out yourself. You don't get them checked out. And we'll talk about it later in this conversation by a, a reputable technician. Um, you know, people can have things happen to use cars that they're not going to disclose at the, at the close of the sale. Um, you know, it's a little bit diff- more difficult to do that in the housing industry because of the pre-inspections, the mandatory pre-inspections, but cars, it's not mandatory. You can go buy a car, you know, hands down and go buy it and walk away. And a week later, you got an issue with it from a pr- private party and, uh, you typically don't have any recourse on it. So, um, anyway, so the next step, investigate for sale ads. Um, you know, get some ideas. It's kind of the same way of surfing 
uh, the used car lot, but I always encourage folks to either go on Craigslist or go on to, um, uh, we got a local one, Trading Post, uh, tradingpost.com. Uh, go on there and get some ideas on pricing. Sometimes what happens is, I, what's interesting is we'll get people in there with a, an, a repair for six or $800 and they'll go, oh, I'm going to go out and buy a used car. We say, okay. So they go out and buy, you know look for a used car and these used cars are fifteen twenty thousand dollars $20,000 plus you're buying a used car. Um, and a lot of times people will come back to the table and go, you know what, that, you know, that one or two car payments for me getting the car repaired and back up to par is, is worth it. So I always encourage folks, you know, you look at things like the license and registration. Um, I think it's hovering around $200 now just to go out and buy a car and, and put a license on it and register it. So, you know, all those little factors, uh, factor into your decision-making on a, on a vehicle. So, um, you know, the folks that are turning cars over every couple of years, um, typically have a higher expense um, uh, outlay on vehicles. Uh, their budget's much higher on vehicles. As we've always said several times, I should say, um, you never make money trading cars. <laughs> you never make money trading cars. Unless you do it for a living. Mm -hmm. So, and remember to take all the time you need, process the information. Uh, just don't make those decisions short and hasty. What's the name of that website that advertises on TV? Uh, CarMax or Car something? Mm -hmm. Um like the person sitting there is, and the cars are flying by them, and mm -hmm. then they're narrowing it down to their last car. I can't remember what that website is. It, it may be CarMax, but that, that's the that's the concept of what we're kind of trying to lay out here is just absorb all the information you can. Look at the cars, look at the pricing, look at everything out there, uh, look at all the options, see if the options are worth it. You know, having a bunch of TVs in your van, you don't have kids, is it worth it? You know, I, it, it's your decision uh, long term. So, just like anything else, I suppose. Making a decision like this boils down to information. Yes. At least a major portion of the decision is information. Mm -hmm. So the more information you have. More information, the better. The better you are. And we'll, we'll touch on a couple more of these topics here. So, so next step, uh, trying to find the perfect vehicle for you. Um, the big question is going to be, are you going to buy it from an individual or from a dealership? Uh, there's a lot of trust that goes with buying from a dealership. Um, there's a little bit more risk buying from a, an individual. Is it going to be less expensive most of the time? Yes. I've bought from, I've, I've purchased vehicles from in, uh, an independent person, private party, um, and every time has not been an issue. However, I've known the person, I know their history, I know how they treated their vehicles, so that, that played into my decision making. So that's pretty critical. I would never purchase a vehicle blindly from somebody not knowing the history of the vehicle in terms of what's been done between repairs and maintenance. And in, in that situation, it's, it's a risky deal. So I'd always have that person, if you're buying individually, hey, can you, do you mind giving me your maintenance records? And nine times out of 10, if somebody gives you the maintenance records, um, they're first, A, proud of them, and B, that's an indication that they took fairly good care of the vehicle. Uh, if somebody cannot produce maintenance records, I'd be very leery um, on a situation like that. So, Which, as we're talking about that, on the flip side, mm -hmm. when you own a car, this is the benefit of doing regular maintenance. Yes. Keeping your records. Yes. Or doing maintenance through a place like Beachler's or some other place that yes. keeps keeps the records so that you can present that. Yes. It's a, it's a great tool for, and I've had many, many customers sell their cars and walk in the door and say, hey, can I get all my records? Sure, we print them out. They walk away and say, here, Beachler service a car, and there's something that goes to a, you know, one facility like ours servicing the vehicle. It's, it's an easier selling process. It really is. And I've even had potential buyers come in and talk to us about the car. And I, hey, this person took really good care of their car. I think it'd make you a good car for life. So there's definitely some advantages in those situations. But I'd be leery of the, the people that don't give you that information. So uh, once you find 
uh, a car, study it, walk around, look at it from different angles. Um, what one of the biggest mistakes people do is when they're, they're sitting there looking at the car, they just look at the driver's side of the car while they're talking to the seller of the vehicle and they don't walk around looking at the vehicle. It's okay. You can do that. Um, it's your money, it's your checkbook. You're the one writing the check to the person. So do what you wish. Um, but I definitely do a walk around on the vehicle and look for certain items and ask questions. You know, if you find a ding in the passenger rear quarter panel, ask them about it. Um, cause that's going to detract from the value of the vehicle. Um, so, um, once you, you know, hone in on that car, get in the car, sit behind the steering wheel, test all the functions inside the car, power seats, power locks, power windows, test every window out there. Um, you can do this. And if something doesn't work, raise your hand. Because, you know, you look at a typical power window repair is $300 plus. So, you know, you have a car that's worth $8,000 and Kelly Blue Book said it's worth $8,000 and you find a couple of these things that need some, some attention. There's your negotiating tool to help reduce the price on the vehicle. Um, but you don't want to find these surprises after you buy the vehicle because you'll never have a, a, a recourse on the vehicle at all in terms of the repairs. So test everything, even test the radio. Um, test all the switches for the heat because you're not going to really be able to test the heat and the air conditioning while you're sitting in the car, but test, test the switches, make sure they all work. Open the glove box, make sure it works, make sure there's not a, you know, 10 pounds of stuff that flies out of the glove box be, um, because that typically is an indication of maybe people that didn't take care of their car as well. Um, so do all that, turn signals, uh, rear wiper, front wipers, see how everything's doing just and sit in the car and test everything. Um, see how the seat feels. You know, a lot of times you'll get inside of a car and a seat's actually worn out. And, you know, to rebuild a seat, it's two, three, four hundred dollars to rebuild a seat. So um, everything that you think that may be an issue on the vehicle, I would document it and, and bring it up to the, the seller of the vehicle. Should you kick the tires? That's really not necessary. That's an old adage. Um, I, you know, honestly, I don't know why they kicked kick the tires back then, but it doesn't do any good. Didn't we, didn't we figure out that it was because tires used to be made out of wood? Oh, the spoke deal. The spoke yeah. deal? Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. We don't have to worry about that. So the next step, this is always an interesting venture because um, the average individual private seller may not be too excited about this. But the next step is go test drive the vehicle. And I'm not talking driving around the block. I'm talking go for a city and highway road tests with the vehicle. Because there are going to be items on the vehicle that may not come up in city driving, that come up on interstate driving. You might have a, a vibration in the steering wheel at, at highway speeds. You could have a tire issue that you don't, you wouldn't be able to see with the naked eye that may come to fruition um, and rear its ugly head on an interstate test drive. There may be noises that you hear during an inter interstate test drive. There might be you know, like a deep humming noise from the right front position, which could end up being a wheel bearing, which is two, three, four hundred dollars. Um, so a lot of these things I believe are detectable by the average person. Um, you don't have to be a mechanic to hear these things. You can tell if something's abnormal on a vehicle, but I would, if the person is unwilling to let you take the car on a test drive and they can go with you, um, I would steer away from the vehicle. Um, that's one of my red flags on vehicles. If somebody's not willing to let you take a test drive. Um, and I, and I understand it. The seller, if, if you ask to go take a car for a test drive and they're not with you, then the car goes bye-bye and there's a risk of doing that. But, you know, if they want to go with you, that's fine. Or if they, you know, the next step we'll talk about is taking it to an ASC technician. If they want to, I've had plenty of customers, sellers that bring their vehicle into our business and allow us to do the, the whole full inspection on it. And then they come pick it back up. 
So that may be worth it if they are not willing to allow you to do the test drive. So now, when you do that, when someone brings in a car to mm -hmm. you guys for a used car inspection, mm -hmm. do you take it for test drive or do you leave that to them? If 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 a technician is doing a pre-purchase inspection on a vehicle and not doing a test drive, he's doing an absolute disservice to you, period. I would always ask your technician, hey, are you going to do a test drive on this pre-purchase? And if he says no, I would say, mm -mm, I want a test drive. Um, because like I said, this process that you can do, uh, the technician can also do, but technicians, to be honest with you, can probably detect a little bit more than you can just because they have trained ears uh, to do this. But back to the, the test drive of the vehicle of you, there's some things that you can test. Um, one of the things I always encourage folks to do is sure, turn the radio on, listen to the radio, make sure all the functions are working, but turn it back off because the radio can mask some abnorma abnormalities in the, in the vehicle. Um, you know, humming noise from a, a wheel bearing, you might hear a scraping noise or a tinny noise in one of the, the brake indicators. Something like that could maybe not be heard with the radio on. So I always encourage folks, yeah, sure, test the radio out, but turn it right back off. Do your city and highway road test. Corner, brake, accelerate. If anything doesn't seem right, you know, if you put a car into gear and you feel a clunk, there's an issue with an engine mount. Um, this, All these things can happen on, on vehicles that are used. I mean, bottom line, they're used. And that's why you're, you're, you're endeavoring into buying a used vehicle is because of that. So... Um, it is a little risky buying a used car, but I think hands down, you know, based on the numbers you and I've talked about on previous shows, the average vehicle loses 60% of its value in the first four years, period. So I would much rather be that person at the end of four years taking the 60%, you know, less value of the vehicle and buying it and keeping another 150, 200,000 miles. Um, there's no reason not to be able to do this. So um, you got a question. Yeah. What about, I know a lot of people are sensitive to smells mm -hmm. in a car and how can you, I was going to say, how can you detect smells? Obviously, you go in and smell. But is it possible for someone who's had a smell problem, either they smoke in the car or somebody's thrown up in the car, mm -hmm. whatever, and they, they temporarily go in and they put something in the car, air freshener or whatever. So first time you get in the car, you don't notice it. Mm -hmm. But then you buy it and it rains. And all of a sudden, oh, man, this thing smells terrible. <laughs> is there any way to detect that up front? Other than the other than the fact of your nose smelling something that's not right, there's really no way to detect it. Um, most of the time, you can smell something. If somebody's been smoking in the car, they can put all the all the deodorizers they want in that vehicle, but you're going to be able to smell it. Um, or if somebody spilled milk or something like that, milk is a is a wretched smell inside of a car. I've, we've smelled them. Or if somebody's just not a clean person and they've had garbage in the car and fast food, and that is the worst smell, I think, beyond smoking is fast food smell inside of a car. So I guess the only reason I ask that is it seems like I've had experiences in the past where <clears throat> you get a bad smell in the car and mm -hmm. it kind of goes away, but then when it rains or it gets humid, mm -hmm. sometimes it brings it out more. Well, that's, you know, if you have an issue like that, that's an indicator of something further that's going on with the vehicle. If you've got, you may have some kind of internal leak into the interior of the vehicle. Um, that could be an issue. So, and cars do leak like that, but when they leak like that, they can be addressed and corrected. So hopefully somebody has not masked that type of situation before. So anyway, so the next step, you like the car, you've done your test drive, you've done all the checks on, on the vehicle. The next step is to definitely take it to a certified technician, ASC technician, automotive service excellence. Um, it's an accreditation in our industry. 
that signifies that that technician is certified in certain areas of the vehicle or all areas of the vehicle. Is it mandatory in our industry? No, it's not mandatory. It's just a standard that sets people apart from others who don't have it. Um, doesn't mean you're the greatest tech in the world, but it also sets you apart from everybody else. So most reputable shops have all ASC technicians working on vehicles. So it's just a, it's a standard industry uh, certification out there. So um, never purchase a used vehicle without investment of a pre-purchase inspection by an ASC technician. And I touched on a little bit before, but the, a good ASC technician will road test the car. He'll be able to detect things that you may not be able to detect. Uh, once they road test it, they bring it in the shop. They're able to hoist it. And there are things that we can see that you may not be able to see because you can't crawl around under the belly of the vehicle. We can see if there's damage under the car. We can see if this thing's been ridden a little bit harder than normal. Um, we can even see once we get a car up on the hoist, whether or not it's had body damage. Um, most body damage can be detected. Um, so that's a good indicator. It doesn't mean the car is invalid. It doesn't mean you shouldn't purchase it, but it also means that um, we can sometimes tell the quality of the repair, the body repair that have been done on the vehicle. So um, a lot of these insights, I, I guess my feedback comes from, I've looked in the eyes of customers who have done pre-purchase inspections. We've done the road test. We've done the inspection on the hoist, wheels off, all the steering systems, all the suspension systems under the engine, you know, engine mounts, things of that nature. And we come back with a report that says, hey, it's going to be a great car, but it needs X amount of dollars worth of work. Well, guess what would have happened? They would have gone to that person, say the car is $8,000 and it needs eight or $900 worth of legitimate work. And they go back to the person and they say, hey, here's the deal. Here's how much work it needs. Can I offer you $7,100 for the car? They meet in the middle, deal's done. If they don't do that inexpensive inspection, guess what happens? The person that buys the car, buys it for $8,000, turns around and has to do all these repairs anyways. So it's really a, it's a, it's opening the book of, of the car, I call it, when people do a pre-purchase inspection by a, a technician. It helps them see the car better. And I've never had a person walk out of our business go, that wasn't worth it. It's always worth it. And it's we are not in it to beat the seller up. We're in it to give full disclosure on what's going on. Same thing in the home business when you had independent inspectors come into the home. It was the exact same concept as we're not here. We're not on the side of anybody. We're here to help you show what the house needs or the car needs. I suppose an argument can be made that it's worth it, even if you don't find anything. Absolutely. You know what that means? Mm-hmm. It's in good shape. Mm-hmm. And we've had cars that come in and we do the inspection and we come back to the customer and say, don't buy it. Um, there's a lot of things that are piled up against them. We'll come out with these you know, legitimate $2,000 estimates that all the stuff the car needs and we can tell the car has been neglected. Um you know, and that person's got to go find somebody else to buy it. And we're, we're out to protect, ultimately to protect our our customer, the purchaser of the car, um, but also give them the objective report on the vehicle. So I, I'd be very leery of ever purchasing a vehicle that you didn't have inspected by a technician. I'm very, very leery because um, it will come up and bite you at some point. Now, how does Carfax figure into this? Well, they they will give you, if you subscribe to them, they will give you the the history. This is how it works. So they'll give you the history of what repairs and maintenance have been completed on the vehicle. Okay. But here's the catch. 
it all boils down to if that person, the shop they took it to, um, was tied into Carfax. So like, for example, we tie into Carfax. Okay. So they come into our database, they extract all this information, they find out what's been done to cars, and then they put it on their reports. But say the shop down the road where the guy had the car serviced doesn't tie into Carfax, so you're not going to know the maintenance that was done on that car. So that's the only little caveat, the only little hole in the system is that if a shop doesn't allow Carfax to come in and look at their database, then they're not going to be in so it, be a good answer. It is of some benefit. Yes. But you can't get a Carfax report and assume that because nothing's on there, nothing happened. That is correct. So the next step would be to go to the owner of the vehicle and say, hey, you're missing some information here. Do you have information to back this up? Where did you take this? What did you have done to the vehicle? Because quite frankly, when people purchase cars, they want to know what's been done to them because, you know, you get a car, you buy it at 120000 Okay, let's let's pick on Honda for a little bit. They're great cars. But many Hondas have a timing belt and spark plugs that are replaced at 105,000 miles. So it's an over $1,000 procedure to have this done. So if I buy a car that's worth $10,000 and I go to the guy, hey, 120,000 miles on the car, have you had the timing belt done? And the guy says, I don't know. It's not good information because you have to err on the side of the vehicle has never had a timing belt. So you need to go replace a timing belt because what happens on those timing belts, if they break, it'll bend valves inside the engine. It turns into a $3,000 repair. It's, it's ugly. So you need to know with full confidence of the maintenance that's been performed on that car. Otherwise you could get into a redundant situation where somebody actually did it and then you're doing it again, totally unnecessary money you're spending. So if somebody has no maintenance records, I'd probably run from the deal, honestly. Um, because first and foremost, it tells you how they treated the car. And secondly, you don't have any good baseline to work off of. And you got to start from scratch and do all the maintenance on the car. And you don't know if you're doing it redundantly or not. So good question. So, um, here's an, one of those keys. If, if you buy from a person or if you're going to buy from a person, he declines you to take the car to go do a, do a test drive. Um, I would say, okay, well, thank you very much. Thank you for the offer. Um, and move on to your next car because they're likely trying to not disclose something that the car needs. I've had many, many cars come in and people do what we call, we jokingly call post-purchase inspections <laughs> where they didn't do it. And we come back with this report and say, here's what it needs. And their, their head just kind of drops to the ground going, oh, I should have done this before. Um, and I've looked in way too many eyes where people do the post-purchase report or there's, they come in on the, on the tow truck and it's towed in, you know, three weeks after they had it done. And we say, did you have this pre-purchased? No, I didn't want to spend the money. Typically a good pre-purchase is 80 to a hundred bucks. Um, yeah, it seems like a little bit of money, but it's really not. It's, it's well worth the investment. Well worth the investment. There generally pre-purchase inspections are worth more from the value of time that a technician spends, but we just, we go into those deals going, we're going to disclose and tell exa people exactly what they need. Now, what about though, with, with the advent of Craigslist, for example, mm -hmm. um, you hear all the time of people buying cars up in Chicago or over mm -hmm. in St. Louis or wherever, and too far from the, for them to bring it into Beechler's. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I, I would never, I wouldn't have a clue if I was going to buy a car up in Chicago, where to take it. I buy a car here, I take it to Beachless. Mm -hmm. What do I do if I get if I find a, I think is a great deal on Craigslist mm -hmm. up in Libertyville? Well, inter interestingly, we've had people from California, 
New York on the other side that have like purchased cars from Peoria. They'll do a Google search. They'll find out what the best shop is. They call us up and say, hey, can you do an independent inspection on the vehicle? Because right on our website, we talk about pre-purchase inspections. So there are dealers all around the country that do this type of stuff. So it's it's very, very viable to purchase something out of state. But the catch is you don't get to do the walk around. You don't get to check out the car. You don't get to go and say, you know what? I don't like this about this car. I don't, I don't like the feel. So that's one of the only drawbacks, but there are people that do it. It happens every day, every day. So it's, it's an option, but it's a little bit riskier because you don't get to feel the car. Now Most you, of those people are connoisseurs. You said there are dealers all over the country that do this. Did you mean to say dealers or did you mean? Dealers do pre-purchase and independent shops do pre-purchases. I, I, we're in a 20 group of 90 other, 89 other uh, shops are all independents. Hmm. Every one of those guys does pre-purchase inspections valuable tool for the consumer period it would be interesting for you to provide a list of those people at some point maybe on your list uh, on, on your website so that people could make access to that. You know? that that would be nice the other place i refer it's a quite easy referrals i i send people to aaa.com um, we're a aaa authorized shop but they're scattered throughout the entire country and they have pretty high standards in terms of who they authorize to be their their automotive shop and who they send their consumers to. So every time, hands down, I go AAA. Unless I know of a dealer, somebody's moving to Toledo, Ohio. I got a good friend of mine that's a dealer there. I send them there. So good, good, good information though. Hmm. All right. Well, this has been a very, very interesting topic. Uh, there are a lot of people out there that buy used cars. Mm -hmm. So hopefully people will listen to this and learn some things. So, all right. Well, thanks, Brett. Thanks for your time and uh, thanks for everybody out there listening to the car guy on peorialife.com i'd like to mention that if you have questions please forward them to us at peorialife.com thanks again we'll see you next time peorialife.com